This is Ken Schreiner, the voice of the Green Arrow. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. You are listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. The original Justice League has become a memory. I am resigning from the Justice League. What's going to happen to the League now? We rebuild from the ashes of that great conflict. A new team has arisen. A much, much bigger team. Each of you brings something different to the table. Old friends, new heroes. And as usual, plenty of bad guys jumping up to get beat down. Calm down, and I'll let you go. How about you kiss my ass? Watch out, evildoers. There's nowhere to run. Because this year, they're all around you. The League is unlimited. Original series starring every superhero worth cheering for and then some. Justice League Unlimited. Where am I exactly? Among friends. There's strength in numbers. Welcome everybody to episode 277 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me... As he always is, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our social media accounts. It's Liam. Liam, we are continuing here. It's a big month for the podcast. You know that we didn't really we didn't really hype it up as much as we should have, but a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff within the last couple of weeks that has happened and continues to happen. This past week, we celebrated birthdays for both Superman the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series. We had a great interview with writer Len Yuli. We we dropped some bonus episodes. Batman the Avengers continues winding down, but got pushed to October, so we're not talking about <laughs> that today. But And we are in what is arguably the uh, right in the middle of the cream of the crop of the best DCAU episodes of all time. Certainly the uh the most highly praised and and widely regarded as such welcome to episode 277 of the dcau review absolutely as uh, as you mentioned a lot of fun stuff yeah really uh really hope people listen to that uh that len uh len yuli episode um we had a great deal of fun recording it ourselves as we said at the time and and uh and i think len was pretty happy with it as well and uh and uh yeah i just think it's a fascinating conversation so if you haven't heard that one yet uh we definitely encourage you to do so but that's all out of the way we're here of course to talk about as you said the next part of this grand finale of the cadmus saga of justice league unlimited and uh the next part of it is entitled panic in the sky that is right, Liam. And we, as we continue here, we, of course, as we have with each of our 276 prior reviews, we will be tackling our four categories here in just a second. And uh, it, this episode is no different in that way. But uh, in the same way that we have done for many, if not all of our episodes, we are going to get the official Internet Movie Database synopsis the IMDb synopsis for this week's episode in just a moment. But before we do, we must remind you that this segment is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower today, and uh, you'll get a collection of wonderful podcasts talking all about the DC animated universe. If you love Batman, the animated series, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast or any of the other DC animated shows, then and you love podcasts well 
we have the perfect place for you to go. Again, that's youtube.com slash the pod tower. You get uh, a wonderful podcast called jump on the bat wagon with James from the watchtower with his good friend as he introduces him to the DCAU. You have the entire Tim talk catalog up there. And you also have get this, the entirety of what I think is the greatest DC animated universe podcast of all time. A little show called the DCAU review also calls its home there all in one convenient place right on YouTube, head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and subscribe today. Liam, this episode originally aired on the cartoon network here in the States, at least back on July the 9th, 2005, meaning we just passed the 18 year anniversary of this episode's debut. That's right. So this is the synopsis in the sky, which was written by Dwayne McDuffie and directed by Dan Reba, secret friend of the show music by dynamic music partners and animation by DR movie co. And that synopsis reads as such. While the senior leaguers struggle to respond to the mysterious main gun firing, Amanda Waller orders Galatea to lead a full attack on the Justice League. Did it just say the mysterious main gun? The mysterious main... Well, the senior legal struggle to respond to the mysterious main gun firing. They don't call it the main gun at any point. Yeah, what is the main... Or, Or you could say... Yeah, you could say the Watchtower's... Fusion reactor? That's what yeah, fusion it. reactor or space laser, which I think is what Amanda Waller calls it in the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't like the main gun. And the poor choice of wording there. So a couple points off for that. Everything else, I think... Also, is- it would be like the gun's mysterious firing, I feel like. Mm, would, be clear, yes. would be clearer sentence. Proper, proper sentence. After class. Yeah, yeah, not your best work there, IMDB synopsis. Not your worst. <laughs> But uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Definitely needs some improvement, though. But uh, yes, we will kick things off with uh, with a recap, of course, of last week's episode. Uh, that's how our episode starts. We get a nice little previously on Justice League Unlimited as we recap everything that happened last week. And rather than bore you with those details, we're going to encourage you to head back in the archives. I don't know why you'd be listening to this episode before you listen to last week's episode. But hey, some people like to live their life on the edge and do wacky things so uh go back and listen to our review of that episode in the archives from last week if you want to hear everything that happened on that episode but we kick things off right where we left off of course the cliffhanger was the reveal that galatea is back and she is at full strength and uh, she is about to lead what appears to be a direct attack courtesy of amanda waller right on the justice league uh, no no details kind of given as to where how why and when but uh, well we know the why the where and the when i guess <laughs> is left up in in uh in uh, up in the air as we left with that cliffhanger but uh we see professor hamilton is uh is installing a communication device into uh, galatea's brain and uh, we get about what feels like two and a half minutes of exposition from old uh, Lime Hamilton here as he's uh, as he's he's given given a lot of exposition as to how she's going to control this army of Ulta men and uh, and women, but uh, mostly Ulta men is what's what they're called Ulta men. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how she's going to control them, how they're impervious 
uh, to pain. They don't feel anything. They also don't have any active thoughts. So it's basically their way of explaining to you that this is a mindless CGI army that is about to be uh, attacking the Justice League. So if you see any death occur, don't worry. There's no consequences to pain being inflicted on these people or them. <laughs> Hold still, Galatea. You're invulnerable. This can't possibly be hurting you. Boredom is my kryptonite. Okay, actually, kryptonite is my kryptonite, but you know what I mean. Although the way I'm feeling lately, I don't think even that stuff can hurt me anymore. Think again. I've artificially aged your body to its physical prime, but your underlying DNA matrix is still a clone of Supergirl's. I'm better than she ever was. Be careful with that. It gives you remote control over the Ultimen. The new generation of Ultimen are blank slates. They don't think except to follow your commands. They have no initiative and they feel no pain. When this light is on, the Ultimen are in puppet mode. They are little more than an extension of your will. Wicked. It's time we got the show on the road. Report to the staging area. That's right, <laughs> and they and they have their own Phantom Menace off switch. So that's, that's right, exactly. So this this thing this thing on her brain uh, controls them and allows her to communicate to them. And basically, all she has to do is think, and uh, and they'll do whatever she wants. So uh, we learn that she is uh, is ready to go on this mission, and she's seemingly very excited. We do get a very weird awkward moment where we kind of reveals the nature of of Galatea and uh and Lime Hamilton's relationship <laughs> as we see that she sees him as a as a father figure seeing as how he created her in the lab so she bids him adieu gives him a warm hug and kind of leaves him standing there and believe it or not this is the last time at least according to the DCAU wiki that we ever see old Lime hanging around so uh, Lime's Lime's uh, sad sad goodbye here is a uh, is, is a do from all of us and Galatea to Lime. Good, Good. <laughs> rest in piss. <laughs> well, I guess he does p- uh, pop back up later in this episode. Uh, yeah, this, this, is this is this is his swan song here. But yes, uh, as uh, as Waller Waller shows up and uh, she lets lets uh, her know that it's time to go. And uh, we cut to the watchtower where uh, as they're still kind of dealing with the repercussions of the the cannon firing from last episode, the power is still out. They're working to get things back online and uh, doing so as quickly as possible. They're able to get a, a one-way communication with the Flash who gives the uh, the Justice Leaguers a bit of an update on how things are down on the ground. Superman's glad to hear that things are improving, but is also disheartened when he hears uh, the Flash talking about how uh, the people are beginning to blame the Justice League, that they're not too fr- uh, happy with them and see them as the reason why the destruction occurred. We also get a, a throwaway line, I believe, thrown in here or might be in the news report that comes next that no civilians were actually injured. So nobody died. Just big holes <laughs> everywhere. And uh, and I, I think the DCAU wiki made a point of saying that uh, the late great Dwayne McDuffie said that that was a uh, S&P mandate from the, the fine folks at Cartoon Network, that he had to make sure that it was clear that no one died because no one ever dies in cartoons. You can't have death. <laughs> as yes and if this was a if this was like a sitcom you would cut to the scene of galatea that we're going to get to later on but that's neither here nor here (laughs) here nor there but yeah yes as uh as we uh as superman begins talking to him they get additional resources back online they get one 
cable news station, apparently, and Superman comes to the realization that many, if not all of us have, and that is that cable news sucks. Long-range communications back online, at least. How long before you can restore full power? Adam's still down in the reactor room working on it. He thinks he can shave 20 minutes off the system reboot. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? It is now. Go ahead, Flash. The evacuation's going okay. Lots of minor injuries, but no casualties. They were fortunate. That's not how they see it. They're pretty mad. They think it's our fault, John. Do what you can to keep a lid on things. I'll send additional help. I wouldn't. They're scared of us as it is. If we can help it, we should try not to look like an invading army, you know? Agreed. Keep me updated. Continuing coverage live from Covenant, New Mexico, where a huge explosion has caused tremors detected as far away as Japan. Although many agree that in the instance before the explosion, they saw an energy beam strike from the sky. Turn it off. Our sensors are still out. This is the only information available. Diana, John, Shaira, meet me in the main conference room. Now. You too, John. It's just the <laughs> worst. And uh, as they're reporting, not only the destruction that occurred because of the, uh, because of the, the, blast that landed right on earth but uh, also that the justice leaguers are rumored to be the cause of that and that people are upset and angry so uh cable news doing what it does best liam stirring the pot and uh, trying to create division between everybody who who would have predicted <laughs> again we you know they say the simpsons was prescient but uh yes uh, cable news was a, a bit of a blight on the world even back in uh, when these cartoons originally debuting unfortunately but yes, as uh, Superman hears the report, uh, he's he's frustrated by the words and uh, decides to call a meeting with the original remaining uh, original members of the Justice League that are still on the Watchtower. Of course, as mentioned, the Flash and Batman not present, but he calls the meeting and uh, it's 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 kind of this a uh, little bit of a come to Jesus moment for for Superman here as he realizes that whatever their intentions have been this whole time. Uh, people are afraid of them and there needs to be something done to show that there is still justice, that there is still due process and that nobody, not even, not even Superman is above the law. And so uh, at the behest of Wonder Woman, who suggests making a couple of shows of good faith, uh, they decide that they are going to one pledge to decommission the, uh, the fusion reactor laser space cannon and, uh, and two, they decide they're going to turn themselves into custody. And we find that out as the, uh, the they make a speech to the rest of the watchtower and uh, that they, they have to do this and that, uh, that they, they instruct the rest of the league who's staying behind to make sure that they are uh, cooperating with the government fully It'll all be over soon. And they just need to, uh, they need, just need to make a show of good faith to make sure that uh, that people are uh, are are not so afraid of them, and we have like an immediate cut. This is we'll talk about this maybe. In, this is more of a visual note, but the immediate cut from that to the the uh, the Justice Leaguers in a javelin flying to Earth to turn themselves in, and you hear Batman just shout, "You want me to do what?" <laughs> a great bit of uh, just like the the timing on the cut of the scene is just so so perfect in that in that moment. May I have your attention, please? I have an announcement to make. Until it's been proven that we aren't responsible for the tragedy in New Mexico, the founding members are turning ourselves into U.S. custody. What? Absolutely not. That's insane. No, you can't do that. Now. You can't. No, 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 no,
cooperate fully with the investigation. Give them whatever they ask for. But Clark, Superman... Hold the fort, Kara. We're counting on you. All of you. You want me to what? Turn yourself over into U.S. custody, along with the rest of us. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Meet us at the coordinates I'm sending first. We should all go over together. This is the single dumbest plan I've ever heard. If you're feeling guilty, clear your own name. Don't stand on the sidelines waiting for somebody else to do it. We've already voted. Five in favor. Six. You have to come with us, Bruce. I don't have to do anything. I'm a part-timer, remember? Actually, he took it a lot better than I'd expected. But yes, Batman unenthused at that idea, though the Flash agrees. And uh, Batman ultimately decides he's not going to go with it. And he tells tells the Justice League that if they're feeling guilty, then they need to clear their own names and not wait for someone else to do with it. Not wait for someone else to do it. So we do, in fact, see the uh, the six original Justice Leaguers, as Batman also reminds everyone that he's a, he's a part-timer, mm-hmm. which... For the sake of the canon of Batman Beyond, is important that he reiterates that once a, once a season or so, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to keep everything straight, Dwayne. I mean, we laugh about it, but Dwayne McDuffie. That, I mean, part of part of the brilliance of Dwayne McDuffie and why he is, in some ways, and one of the many ways that he sorely missed was his attention to detail with all the the uh you know the 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 intricacies of the canon of of the DCAU and paying attention to things and linking things together and making sure that it was you know it stayed it stayed uh congruent as we mm-hmm. go along here so both backwards and forwards so yes that's uh it, it's it's not a not an accident that he included that line in this episode in an episode written by him that makes sure to to drive home that fact that an episode 6 years or 5 years before this mentioned that Batman was only a part-timer. <laughs> That's right. So uh, as they sort of break away, as mentioned, the Justice League uh, turns themselves in to the government. And uh, after some discussions with the uh, soldiers who uh, try to cuff them, the, uh, I guess it's a warden. I don't know. Who is this guy? <laughs> they don't make it. I thought that it, I don't know. Maybe it was like a golden or silver age character that no one has like pulled the reference out of, or maybe it was somebody It was, it clearly is meant to be somebody, right? It, it's dude's right. mustache. He's got white hair. Like, who's this character model based off of? Not sure. DCAU Wiki already had a lot of misinformation, so can't trust it. <laughs> but also didn't have any information about that that I saw. That's not, that's not true. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll try to check in with secret friend of the show Dan Reba and see uh-huh. if he has uh, if he has any recollection if that was based on someone. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you on that one perhaps next week, but. Yes, uh, they just like turn themselves in. The warden, I guess he is, decides not to cuff the league and sort of notes that uh, it probably wouldn't hold them anyway. So what's the point? So we cut back to the watchtower and there's this really nice kind of calm before the storm moment. We'll certainly talk more about this in voice acting, but uh, where where Supergirl Kara is is really sort of just concerned over how all of this is gone and doesn't believe that that Superman and the rest of the league are doing the right thing because she she can't she can't fathom that anyone would truly believe steel kind of there as the as the wise ally is there to sort of explain to her that it's not it's not just about whether you're guilty or innocent it's about how the public perceives you and we're we're here to help and so (laughs) 
it matters. And that's why he kind of goes into a speech about how those, those original seven members of the justice league are the best ever because of the example they set in every way, not just in punching the right bad guys. Uh, So as they have this heart to heart, it's immediately interrupted uh, by a bunch of missiles flying towards the the watchtower. They're not nukes, though. They have little drills on the front of them. Uh, Steel very quickly identifies it as LexCorp technology, which I will give the DCAU wiki credit. This makes sense because Steel used to work for LexCorp, so he would <laughs> he would recognize this uh, would recognize LexCorp technology right off the bat. But yes, sure. the Ultimen and Galatea have arrived. And, uh, and the fighting is on as Galatea instructs the Ultimen to keep the rest of the League off of her as she has a more specific mission besides just getting into a punch-up with the, uh, the various Justice League members. So that's like most of <laughs> It's not the whole episode. There's a little bit of a subplot here with, uh, with, uh, with Waller and Batman. But most of the rest of the episode is punching. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll certainly talk more about that in visuals. But yes, we see lots of, uh, lots of leaguers that we never get to see in action in action. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We'll certainly talk more about that. But yes, as the battle continues, we cut to Cadmus. And uh, we see Amanda Waller is, is uh, watching progress of the attack when Batman breaks in. We've got business, Waller. You told me once that you were a patriot. Well, it's time to step up. You have to know that the Justice League would never have fired that weapon at you. Sure you would. It was retaliation for kidnapping your man, the question. And yet you weren't home. We've had you under surveillance for months. You don't think we saw you evacuate your offices? A warning shot, then. Don't be dense. Someone took over our fusion cannon by remote control. There are maybe three people on Earth smart enough to pull that off. Two of them were already on the watchtower, and that leaves... Luthor. That's where you're trying to lead me, right? You're too smart to trust him. Who says I do? He provides off-the-books funding for Cadmus. Far as I'm concerned, that's all he's good for. Then you must know he's got his own agenda. He wants to be president. That's agenda enough for anybody. Almost anybody. If I were you, I'd start looking at him. Hard. And uh, he appears, he knocks out General Eiling and tells her that they, that she has to be smart enough to know that the League would not have uh, had fired on Cadmus, especially considering that they'd had them under surveillance for months. And if they were trying to fire on them, they wouldn't have done it on an empty building. So he instructs her to maybe look a little bit closer at Lex Luthor, of course, who uh, who Amanda Waller is, I guess, dumb enough to believe would just be uh, providing funding for them with no ulterior motives and tells her to look into it a little bit deeper as he disappears for the episode for the rest of this episode. That's right. Well, hey, he does come back, but that's that's a little later on. Yes. Yes, he he does. Uh, he it does leave not only uh, not only General Eiling who struggles to get up after taking a, a closed fist to the jaw, as you mentioned, but does leave uh, does does leave Waller a bit a uh, bit concerned as to how she may have been so blind to see Lex. We see her kind of unraveling that a little bit later in the episode. We cut back 
Uh, as you mentioned, it's a it's a pretty long fight that happens. Lots of action between our, uh, I guess, second, third, fourth, fifth tier leaguers uh, getting getting some action. It feels like this episode was designed just to have fun with a lot of these BC and D list heroes uh, in action, which is perfectly fine. Uh, you have all these characters on the ship, so why not? Why not kind of feature some of them, especially I don't I think we mentioned it briefly last week, but the general assumption was that this would likely be the final season for this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you didn't didn't have the foresight to know that you were you would have additional opportunities to do these sort of pairings and uh, feature episodes that you ended up doing in, in Justice League Unlimited season three. So. Um, hey, why not throw all your action figures in a bucket and shake it up and see what happens? You know, that's kind of what uh, what the scene ends up being. Uh, as as you mentioned, though, I, as Galatea had led this this army of Ultimen, it does does appear that the Ultimen uh, or the the fake Ultimen, the clone Ultimen, I don't know what you call them, the Android. They're not androids. I guess they're clones, right? No, they're, still, they're just clones with no uh, no mind of their own, as we find out. Mindless clones. That's drones, right. if you will. Drones. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, so the drones are are while they're 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 doing some damage. It's clear that the Justice League is uh, is no match for them as they continue to, uh, or there is a match for them, and they're able to kind of take them down pretty easily. And uh, but we cut to uh, Steel announces that he's going to go check out the reactor as there's something going wrong, and they haven't been able to make contact with with uh, the Adam who is down there trying to get it set uh, to turn back on. So Steel goes off on his own to investigate while Kara keeps fighting the good fight on the bridge. That's right. So uh, Kara does do her, do her job. I, I love the juxtaposition. We'll talk about this or I'll talk about it now, but I love the idea that as they're surrendering, the justice league decides to surrender. Kara is the, the biggest, uh, the, the most vocal member saying that they shouldn't have to do this other than maybe Batman, but uh, saying that they shouldn't do this. They don't have to do this. They're the heroes. Uh, and Superman gives her a vote of confidence saying that she, he, he looks to her to sort of hold things down, which I love that. Cause that's also speaking of callbacks, it's, it's very much uh, to me in line with how she took care of Metropolis when Superman was out during mm-hmm. the happenings of legacy. Like she's the one who, who held everything together, which ultimately led to Galatea's creation. So you're tying yeah. everything all together here. So, uh, you know, she, she's really kind of taking the lead here with steel on, con- you know, making sure that things are, are, are as under control as possible. And when she notices that, uh, the power still isn't back up, decides to go investigate the the reactor itself. And uh, on the way down, she finds an unconscious Adam. Uh, poor Adam. She just picks him up and just like lays him back down again to get trampled by somebody. It's like, couldn't you just like sit him on a table or something? He's in this shrunken <laughs> state. Somebody's got to walk on him. But uh, no, she lays him right back on the ground. A little shelf or something. I know. <laughs> Someplace out of the way where he's not going to get stepped on by freaking Adam Smasher or something. It's what stumbling <laughs> down the hallway. Uh, we, uh, but uh, as she continues to the reactor room, she hears a loud fight happening. And of course, it is Galatea who is, boy, she, she is cleaning Steel's clock. Uh, she is, and having fun. She's playing with her food, so to speak. She just decimated him. You know, his, his uh, entire suit is destroyed, ripped open. 
uh, and uh, she is she's about ready to kill him, it seems. And then Supergirl busts in and uh, decides that it's her turn to go one on one with Galatea in the rematch uh, that we've been waiting for for quite some time here. And uh, those two go out at it, and it's very clear that Galatea does have the upper hand, as we know that she's the she's the uh, genetically sped up or matured version of Supergirl. So she is stronger. She's a little bit more uh, agile, it seems. She's certainly uh, gifted with more strength than Supergirl is, and uh, she's she's kind of handling Supergirl pretty well, kind of kind of putting her through the ringer, and uh, it seems like. Uh, she's about ready to to destroy Supergirl, but then uh, Supergirl mentions, uh, pulls out the old mind games, and that's that's kind of something that you have to do when you're outmatched via via the fist. Sometimes you got to play those mind games. It seems, and she does it well. She she taunts her and says that deep down she's never going to be anything. She'll never be a real girl. She pl- she pulls the Pinocchio card on her. She's you'll never be a real girl. You'll never be real. You're just a you're just something that was created in a petri dish by Emil Hamilton. And when she invokes Hamilton's name, it seems to greatly enrage Galatea at that point. Uh oh. What's wrong, hero? Not strong enough? Maybe that's because I'm the real hero here. Your Justice League is a bunch of dangerous, loose cannons, and I'm going to shut you down. Who do you think you're kidding? You don't care about what the League does? Admit it, you just want to beat me. I've already beaten you, but I'm going to make it last. You know what? No matter how bad you beat me, I'm real, not a clone. Shut up. Deep down, you know the truth. You're not a person. You're just a weapon, grown out of one of Hamilton's Petri dishes. Shut up! She's actually interrupted right before she's about to kill Supergirl, as it appears that uh, Waller has, uh, as we cut back to this, uh, to her in the facility, speaking with both Eiling and Hamilton, she, she's doing her own research and sees the equipment that Lex has uh, had delivered to his facility where he's holed up. And, uh, she kind of is questioning whether or not it's uh, enough material that could have created a device that could have taken over the, the watchtower and, uh, Emil Hamilton confirms it, but uh, he says that seems to be the least of his worries as he also notices something else within the plans there and seems to declare that he knows exactly what Lex is up to as we cut back to the uh, as we cut back to the fight between Supergirl and Galatea. And again, things are looking poor for Supergirl. The verbal spats continue. And just as Galatea is about to strike, Steel shouts out and notices that the reactor is about to power up within the next 30 seconds or so. So Supergirl really just has to hold out for a minute or two, well, less than a minute. And uh, she she's able to do so. And just as the, as the reactor is powering back on, uh, she's able to escape, grab one of the cords, and uh, and stick it directly onto Galatea's chest, which causes a giant electrocution. She then kind of pushes her into one of the other power cells, and that also continues to electrocute her. We cut back up to the bridge where the power to the watchtower <laughs> goes back on for a moment, and then immediately cuts off. And I have never felt more, uh, a more relatable moment. It's like when you're sitting in your house after your power's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. Power comes back on and you're like, yes, it's back. And then, oh, 
Huge. It's, it's back off again. It was yeah, tremendous, great. tremendous comedy and really yes, unbelievable. <laughs> but yes, and then we uh, we cut back down uh, as uh, as the leaguers from the bridge are ca- call back down to the reactor room asking if a fuse was blown, and uh, Supergirl responds that yeah, something like that. Get rid of you. I'll be the only. Somebody blow a fuse down there. I'll say. And uh, we cut to this rather gruesome image of a fried Galatea who's sitting there on the on the floor of the watchtower, uh, twitching. And uh, as she helps, oh. as Supergirl helps steal up, and they go back up to the surface. And uh, that's uh, that's where we kind of get our our final part of this episode. You think that that would, might be the final part of the episode, but we cut to Lex working in his lab, and he's giving what I like to call. Lex position. (laughs) (laughs) He's given a whole lot of Lex Luthor exposition here, explaining what his plan is, was, and how uh, he's linked everything together with Professor Ivo's Amazo robot. He's built himself his own Amazo robot where he's going to download his consciousness so that he can be immortal. Now you're perfect. A perfect, super-powerful, immortal body. A suitable place for me to spend the rest of eternity. Ironic. Years of plotting, hundreds of millions spent on Cadmus R&D projects, and none of it bore fruit. No, it's a lonely employee of LexCorp, Dr. Ivo, creator of Amazo, who we have to thank for my impending godhood. That was the last piece I needed. Got it all figured out, have you? When you and Adam worked together to stop the first Amazo, he showed you the blueprints. And I suspect you have a photographic memory. I'm too modest to boast. The real purpose of Cadmus was to give you superpowers. And to ruin Superman's reputation. Imagine how sweet it will be when I save the world from the menace of the Justice League. Now, when I kill Superman, they'll build statues in my honor. Maybe next time. And uh, Batman breaks in uh, or has been standing there the whole time is able to fit. <laughs> maybe the he was last... just talking to Batman. Maybe he knew he was there the whole time. <laughs> I mean, maybe once we kind of learn who was actually talking, uh, maybe, maybe it's possible. He, his consciousness knew that the Batman was there, but uh, Batman puts, says it's the final piece of the puzzle that he had to kind of put together to figure out what exactly was going on. Luthor was up to everything enough to distract the league so that he could finish his uh, his robot. He needed to build his robot, his robot body. And uh, as as Batman uh, figures it out and says that uh, pretty much this is over, he's ending it, he's pulling the plug, he throws an exploding batarang 
right at the shell, which looks like a Mezo, but has Lex Luthor's face. I think he's so vain. Like, that's such a funny note that he's like, it still has to look like me. It's important right. that it still has my face. <laughs> so great. So uh, he throws an exploding batarang at it. And right before impact, uh, Luthor's hand magically jumps up and catches it. And uh, it apparently feels no pain, catches the exploding batarang. Batman seems to be a bit caught off guard. And then begins uh, an attempt to take down Luthor with his fists. Luthor absorbs a bunch of the blows and seems to be handling Batman pretty well. Uh, he then hurls Batman across the room and out the window of LexCorp. Batman is falling. Sh- he shoots a grapple, a bat grapple, which bounces off the side of LexCorp. I love that. Maybe <laughs> I'd like to think in my head canon that Lex had it had it like bat grapple proofed. Like, uh, yeah, I like to think after the the events of of Batman breaking into his bedroom in, <laughs> in World Planet, he's like, every building I I am in for the rest of my life will not allow a grappling hook to attach to it. Right, super high density, smooth like <laughs> uh, coating that he put on the the concrete or something that prevented a, a bat grapple from being able to penetrate. But sure. Batman appears to be falling to his doom and is caught at the very last second. We flash back to the to the uh to the room where lex is and well he's ready to download his consciousness but not so fast the heroes are here to save the day well heroes question mark or at least amanda wall hey lex that android is cadmus property you're gonna have to find somewhere else to keep your brain a nano disassembler beam your design i believe arrogant cow It'll take weeks to build myself another android body. You ain't got weeks, Baldy. You're under arrest for trying to use the Justice League's space gun to murder everyone at Cadmus. Did you really think you could take me down all by yourself? Actually, yeah. But on the off chance I might have been wrong. Ta-da! It's over, Lex. That's right. So she, uh, we see her very quickly establish herself with a big, a big freaking cannon <laughs> <laughs> attached to her chest or hip or whatever, and fires it. And the uh, eagle-eyed uh, viewers will notice as she explains that this is a smaller version of the weapon that uh, that Lex and the Atom attempted to build to stop Amazo in the episode "The Return." And uh, Lex is furious and uh, attacks her very quickly and uh, sort of begins to gloat over her saying that, uh, you know, how could you have possibly thought that you could have stopped me by, by, by yourself? And uh, Amanda Waller says she did think she could stop her by herself. Great, great line. Uh, but just in case she was wrong, she, uh, she took a, a pit stop to pick up a few helpers and we turn around to see the original seven members of the Justice League standing loud and proud, Batman with them. He's, he's a full-timer in his heart. And, <laughs> uh, and as, uh, as Superman begins to make the de- declaration that it's over, it's, uh, it's getting what is... I, it's, it's hard to put yourself back in the mind of someone who didn't know this was coming. Mm-hmm. But this has to be like, what a freaking... Bonkers twist <laughs> for this late in this season. 
And uh, we we might discuss this a little bit later. There was uh, I think there's a featurette on the the DVDs, and I, I assume it's still there for the Blu-ray version, where they discuss this storyline in depth. And I think originally the idea was Lex was just going to put himself in the Amazel, and uh, and then they decided not to go that route. So they needed something else. And so what should happen? But uh, Lex's body begins to change and morph and black tentacles begin shooting out of his skin and ripping his, his skin and bones apart. And we slowly see his midsection part. We see sort of a skull-like face with two red eyes and then three dots form on Lex's chest as we hear a very familiar voice say that uh, he had hoped to remain dormant until he was installed into the android but the Justice League has forced his hand. Not until I... I hoped to remain hidden until I could install myself into the android. But you forced my hand. Brainiac. Laying dormant inside Lex Luthor for how long? We'll find out next week. Is none other than Brainiac, and um, that's <laughs> cliffhanger for this week. Yeah, bonkers. I think is the is the exact word that I would use, especially when you think about like this was going to be how this series pretty much wrapped up, right? Like this was this was yeah. going to be the end of this thing. There wasn't much left after this. And well, here we are. <laughs> so all the way from how this how this started, which okay, you want to call man bats not exactly grounded in reality, but like okay, it's a it's a monster movie type thing. But mm-hmm. you know, from that to Superman's human arch nemesis is possessed by a Kryptonian robot. That's where we go. <laughs> Yes, that's and that's our big cliffhanger is Lex, Lex, the Lexbot, if you will, uh, is uh, is standing before the Justice League, and that's where we wrap it up. Yeah, this is a wild way to end it. Uh, we'll we'll get into maybe our thoughts on the ending in a second. Uh, overall, uh, as we get towards our scores here, as we wrapped up the recap, um, this episode we talked about last week was uh, juggling a lot and chose to do a lot more talking than punching. Mm-hmm. this week's kind of the opposite uh it's mostly punching yep um which is fine because it's as we'll talk about in visuals in a moment it's it's great punching um but uh but i i just it's so it's hard to really gauge this as a plot like the 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 big elements are uh you know there's a big fight batman you know gives waller the enough of a, a seed of doubt so that she starts investigating uh, Lex and and finds out that she, that he's been stealing technology from from Cadmus, and then Batman and her go to confront them, and and that and that's the big thing. And the other the other through line, which I kind of wish maybe I, I think it get, it gets enough, but maybe you could have even done this the the Supergirl Galatea uh, rematch mm-hmm. um, feels like that that kind of becomes the main the main portion of the episode. Uh, as far as the other the the Justice Leaguers on the Watchtower goes, that's really the story beats. There is 
Supergirl, as you said, kind of stepping up even further than we've ever seen here before as, as kind of the leader of the remaining leaguers that are on the watchtower and then having to sort of face her, face her fear, uh, and, uh, and, and take on her, uh, her evil twin, literally, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in, uh, one-on-one once again with everything on the line as she's trying to set off the nuclear reactor and blow up the entire watchtower and kill all of them. So the stakes quite literally have almost never been higher <laughs> in this episode uh, for our heroes. So, but yeah, because it's so action heavy, I, 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 I don't know how to grade this in and of itself, because obviously, as we talked about these, the really it's one big arc, but question authority through, I would say divided we fall. It's like, it's, it's almost one episode. Like right. uh, that's why you have the, instead of doing like a, you know, in episode recap, you literally just do the previously on before the credits. So um, yeah, like I, I, it's good. It's juggling a lot. And mm-hmm. then boy, like I said, just coming back to this and we'll talk about it next week In next week's episodes, we do get some, uh, some explanation. They explain the how and the where and the why of how Brainiac has been laying dormant inside Lex Luthor for so long. But uh, boy, what a wild way to end uh, to end our episode here! It, it feels like everything's getting wrapped up with a nice bow, and then uh, we just get thrown a curveball as our and uh, and another cliffhanger. Yeah, it it certainly is, and I I think if this was one episode, let's say it was formatted, and they, like you said, they kind of are like they're it's part one, part two. Um, so if you look at last week as part one. And then let's say this was the old format of the Justice League where you played both parts on the same night or whatever. Uh, or if you watch both of them together, if we reviewed them both together, um, I think it would it would be a little bit different because you would have uh, the action sequences kind of sandwiched. We talked last week how the, the main and really only action of the piece came from that fight between Captain Adam and Superman. And then this part, you have the latter third act is pretty much all punching and kicking and then you have Mm -hmm. another sort of smaller fight scene between superman or between batman and and lex luthor so you you do have a little bit of action there towards the end and then is the insane reveal so i think all of that would have fit together if this was played if this was literally aired together um, it wasn't it wasn't aired together it's not part one and part two it's two different episodes they're classified that way even though it's the same arc but <laughs> all of that said this episode does heavily rely on the action part it is mostly made up of the action sequence of the fight in space which is fine it feels to me more like an adapted comic book in a way like because it is so much heavy action and the fighting that occurs in between and then you have that crazy bonkers ridiculous reveal at the end that would just be like a full page full color splash page at the end reveal of lex as the as the brainiac bot right it would that would be your and you'd have the justice leaguers gasping around him and then you'd be like next issue like secrets Mm -hmm. of the, the, the lex bot revealed um yeah but it's not it's a it's a cartoon and it it does feel like a really strong left turn away from what we talked about has been sort of the theme here and yes it that they're those threads are still picked up on there's still things that are talked about here but because 
we went last week where we had these two vying opinions of what steps people need to take. And you had Superman acting very out of character, but we talked about why he was acting out of character and what that representative. And you had the two sides of the coins of both, both the government and the justice league figuring out how they're going to react to one another or act towards one another and who's going to take the first shot and kind of both holding these weapons up, but not knowing who's going to, who's going to blink first um this week feels very very different it doesn't it it feels more like a comic book that other stuff that espionage mm-hmm. and all that sort of cloak and dagger and the the under you know the under uh underlying storyline of the of the cadmus arc kind of seem to have taken a break for this episode yeah there's still some threads that are that are touched on but i think as soon as the justice league decides that they're gonna they're gonna surrender it kind of just feels like another justice league episode. Um, So that felt a little bit different. And I, again, I don't, I know we talked last week briefly that there was some talk of kind of uh, lengthening this storyline a little bit. We're having, you know, some of the leaguers break off and do other things and maybe it would expand beyond the four stories here, but they ended up just kind of doing the four story arc instead so maybe that's why and maybe maybe last week's episode wasn't received as well as one would hope so they're like hey we got to get back on brand and do action stuff we can't do this dialogue plot driven stuff every single week we're still a children's cartoon so we got to have guys fighting and punching each other so maybe that was just the the take that we decided to do again it's not a bad episode i think the most entertaining stuff is certainly the follow-up on the Galatea versus Supergirl stuff. That is certainly uh, a a plot that is that drives the episode, but it feels like we're so far removed from that because that was way, way, way back there before we kind of started this, that mm-hmm. it doesn't, it didn't feel directly connected in a way that I think maybe I would have hoped it would. So um, again, it's a fine episode. I know what it, we know that it, with the benefit of hindsight, what it's setting up, we know that a lot of the, the loose ends and the what does are, co- are covered in next week. Um, so we'll get some answers and be able to talk about that there. But as far as the plot for this week, it certainly relied more on the action than an actual plot uh, for the story. But the Supergirl stuff was still interesting enough for me to give it a seven out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I gave it the exact same score. I think it's I think it's still good, solid, and and it is fun and it's fine. Like you said, to have a more action packed episode, I do think it would have been nice, given that original uh, episode with Galatea, Fearful Symmetry. Uh, that episode focused around the trio of of uh, of Green Arrow, the Question, and Supergirl investigating. And it's like Green Arrow's on Earth doesn't speak in this episode. Question is in the watchtower, but he doesn't speak. Right. So uh, we're relying on, you know, Kara having a a heart-to-heart with with Steel. And it feels like maybe in a different... There's maybe a way you could have worked it back to her, you know, her meeting back up with with Question, at least, since Green Arrow is not there. Again, this is just me spitballing, uh, you know, ideas. That's something that came out 20 years ago, but... But uh, some, yeah, something that felt a little more personal or more directly connected back to this episode or to that original episode, sure. um, because that is such a strong kind of opening point uh, for this for this main Cadmus arc to get started. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's still fun. And like you said, you get to play off, you get to end, you get to have the the rematch of Supergirl and Galatea, and then lots of fun action. And then, like we said, just a, a wild, wild twist ending uh, to uh, to end end the episode to uh, to propel us towards next week. So. Uh, yeah, uh, seven out of ten for me as well. If I didn't already say it, I think it's I think it's good. It gets the job done. It gets us from point A to point B with lots of uh, lots of fun along the way, but not maybe as narratively strong uh, as compared to last week. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is animation and visuals. And as you mentioned at the top, DR Movie Co. responsible for this week's episode, directed by Dan Reba, even though the DCAU wiki falsely says that it's Joaquin <laughs> Those don't ever trust the DCAU wiki. Trust but verify. That's Not even when we're quoting directly from it. Right, exactly. That's why we always say according to the DCAU wiki, because we don't want right. we're not taking credit for any mistakes or inconsistencies. <laughs> uh Liam, right. DR Movie Co. Uh I will mention at the top. Uh, part of the main fight scene revolves around these CGI missiles crashing into the watchtower. Mm-hmm. And while I like the idea of them, I thought the design was cool. I like that the head is actually a secret sneaky drill that allows the, you know, that, that uh, encapsulates these ultimate armies that pop off. And once they're inside, I thought those designs were cool, but Boy, does that take me out of that scene because there's so many great action sequences directly. There's this one shot as the missiles are impacting. They show Red Tornado helping uh, a a trio of nameless crew members, expendable crew members, perhaps. Uh, They're looking out sort of this giant window as the missile comes in and he he grabs a couple of them and jumps out of the way just as the impact, uh, you know, uh, or the missile impacts. And uh, I was like, man, that would look so good if it didn't have this computer-generated, non-cell-shaded version of this very clearly non-you know non-traditional animation missile here. Like, ugh, um, that's my main critique. That's the main thing that I didn't like. You, you can check out the DCAU wikis inconsistencies and goofs section if you really want to get down get down to it. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead before we before we uh, before we get into our critique of the visuals here, just for posterity's sake, I will mention the uh, the 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 cast that appears during the fight here. You ready? Ready. All right. So we have. Adam, Adam Smasher, Buana Beast, Black Canary, Blue Devil, Booster Gold, Captain Adam, Commander Steel, Creeper, Crimson Fox, Dr. Light, Dr. Midnight, a couple doctors on board, but no <laughs> Dr. Fate, uh, mm-hmm. Fire, Green Arrow, Hawk, Hawk Girl, but of course we knew that already, Our Man, Ice, Metamorpho, Huntress, Obsidian, Question, that's a pretty obvious one. Red Tornado, The Ray, Shining Knight, Star Girl, Star Man, Stripe, Vigilante, Wildcat, and then of course uh, Sand also is in there. Uh, and I believe you missed Aztec, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I did miss Aztec. You can't forget Aztec. God, the, ult- the Ultimate Man or something, whatever his tagline was in that comic he had in the nineties. That's right. Uh, Aztec. It's probably good. It was written by Grant Morrison and Mark Miller. It's probably very good, but 
no one will ever know. That's that's right. He will instead be known as the guy that I forgot to mention running down all of the uh, all of the holes <laughs> here. Uh, what did you like about this episode, Liam? Anything that you didn't like? Yeah, big fight. Big fight was awesome. Like it's hard to it's hard to break it down because it's there's a, so much happening on the screen. We have our our ultimate, you know, just kind of there's constant kinetic movement all over the screen. Uh, both in the background and the foreground of this big watchtower fight the whole time. Uh, it's a lot of it's cool. The, some of the ones that stood out, there's a moment where one of the uh, downpour, which is the, the water wonder twin uh, Ultiman uh, attacks a, a Stripe of, uh, of Stargirl Star and Stripe fan, uh, fame mm-hmm. and uh, starts filling his suit and we kind of see a, an inside shot of him in this big mech suit and we see the water filling up and it's like beginning to short out and fuses are beginning to to, to blow and then we see Stargirl kind of come up from behind and knock, uh, knock down pour out so that's a fun one there's a bit where Steel who can apparently fire lasers out of his hammer now <laughs> Uh, does that which looks really cool and then the uh the black vulcan stand-in juice apparently i don't remember them ever even saying his name mm-hmm. in the original episode but juice is apparently that character's name and like turns himself into a lightning bolt and then like rides the current of uh of steel's hammer laser blasts and then shocks him in a big bolt of lightning. That's a really cool, that's a really well done, uh, well pulled off effect. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as mentioned, we just have all these fun, wacky, like B and C and D leaguers, like Starman and Dr. Light and all of them just, just flying around and Wildcat. And I got really excited for some reason when the Creeper showed up, even though he didn't say anything. <laughs> like, it was just like when the Creeper jumps down and headbutts one of them, I, I was, I was like, doing a fist bump i thought that was <laughs> there's some yeah there's some great deep cuts here as well as you see some of the the non-powered leaguers going against it adam smasher going uh one-on-one with long shadow hurling a javelin like a javelin at yeah. uh at long shadow's chest really really cool and then uh yeah uh I, and then obviously we, we can get to the the final uh fight between between supergirl and galatea in a second here but yeah just the just the it just so much is happening all the time on the screen. You have different Ultimen transforming into different animals. You got gorillas and dinosaurs and stuff going around and water and tornadoes and all this crazy, all these different effects and different types of effects. Some of it looks uh, looks a little bit CG. Some of it looks like traditional hand-drawn animation. It's just a lot's happening all the time. And it all looks really cool <laughs> for lack of a, I don't have a, a more efficient or a, a more clever way to describe uh this whole watchtower uh brawl other than it's a hoot (laughs) yeah it's non-stop action from beginning to end uh lots of things that we'll probably leave out if we try and break down every single uh every single interaction there there's some good stuff with uh some of our our female superheroes we have fire and ice uh, doing some cool stuff Mm -hmm. uh we get uh red tornado gets a tornado off there's oh he's He's a much better tornado than the other tornado guys. Yeah, agreed. Three. It took three tornado guys, uh, wind, three wind dragons to go up against one red tornado, and still they were defeated by red tornado. So yeah, and you even see like their body language changes, like they're exerting more and more, mm-hmm. and he just stands with his hand open the whole time. Yeah, it's very, it's a very cool way of showing off his power as well. 
I love the one scene also where the expendable crewmen uh, group are trapped in a, in a, uh, in a closet and they're about to be overtaken by one of the wondered twins. And uh, just before they do, they decide they're going to, they're going to go ahead and attack. I was like, this is great. Everybody's inspired <laughs> to fight. Uh, they don't need the the heroes to, to come save them. They're heroes in their own right. But yeah, there's uh lots of action. Oh, who could forget also I, I would be I would be uh, remiss not to mention the Adam Smasher versus Long Shadow fight that we get also is two giant big meaty men bumping meat, you know? <laughs> just fighting each other, just smashing right. one another. It's great. Um yeah, so that that whole battle's worth going out of your way to to see it. If you if you don't rewatch the episode this week, go find a clip maybe on your favorite uh video streaming site and uh and watch it there i'm not giving any free plugs for you youtube not on my watch um yeah but if you're on youtube while you're there subscribe to the pod tower you know get get your video podcast that way um yeah the rest of the episode there's a lot of a lot of talking that happens uh i think we'd be remiss not to talk about probably the main event which ends up probably end up talking about it next week also, but this is where it debuts the Lex Brainiac hybrid, the aforementioned Lex tentacles and Brainiac stomach uh, creature thing uh, is just insane. Like it's an insane drawing. Like um, I, I feel like they, we, who, I don't know who's credited with creating the design, but it is, it's horrifying. It's something right out of a horror movie. If if the giant skeleton coming out of Lex's abs wasn't bad enough, the giant tentacles ripping out of his, where his hands should be, and then the uh, Brainiac logo pumping out of his pectoral muscles, just absolutely disgusting. Like, just horrifying. Uh, great job, person who designed him. <laughs> the stuff of nightmares for sure he also gets super buff on top of it like he mm-hmm. grows like two feet taller because of, i guess he has leg tentacles too and then uh he's also just super jacked now uh, on top of it and the like his skin is ripping around the tentacles and he's got the uh, tentacles coming out of his neck and his like his love handles and everything it's just not it's just not appeasing to the eye um it's meant to make your skin crawl and it does um <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's fantastic and uh yeah that and that final fight between uh galatea and supergirl is pretty it's again as brutal as you can get on a tvg uh kids cartoon as, as we've said but first it starts with him she's like dragging steel by his face through like a computer <laughs> uh panel when we when we see galatea for the first or for for uh the beginning of that scene and then and then yeah they have a fight and galatea is really getting the better of it uh of uh of of kara for most of it until uh until as mentioned we finally get this this moment at the end where she uh creates a circuit so to speak and 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 fries her and then yes the aftermath of uh of galatea with all of her hair kind of burned and the the steam coming off of her and we see kind of the the wound on her stomach where the where the live wire went in, uh, so to speak. Not that one. Uh, it's a it's a really really uh, dramatic ending. Uh, we'll talk about it. There's there's probably something to be said for the sound design of that moment as well. But 
uh yeah just a really really uh good good finish to that uh, to that big brawl and uh and as you mentioned the 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 visual comedy as mentioned of everybody throwing their hands in the air and cheering just for the lights to cut off again is uh, is a great bit as well yeah that's uh there's a lot i think the main focus goes to that uh goes to that fight sequence uh but and and subsequently the the fight between supergirl and galatea as you mentioned the, the visual of the fried galatea is not one that you'll get out of your head anytime soon uh only to be replaced by terrifying brainy luther um so yeah that's the two two horrible images that are just seared into my brain here for the for the rest of eternity but uh yeah overall it's a solid episode um minus the a, a couple points because of the because of the uh because of the the computer generated non cell shaded missile usage just makes it feel dated in a way that most of the other episodes aren't as i've mentioned before uh ended up settling on a still pretty strong eight out of ten what about you yeah i went just uh one point higher a nine out of ten i think it's uh it's it's very very solid just like i said it's it's so much fun it's the equivalent of getting all your you know when you're a kid all your action figures all of your mattel justice league unlimited three-pack purchased action figures uh, and uh, and doing a big uh, knockdown drag out fight it's it's just a lot of fun so uh for that reason i think and i think the the fight being inside the watchtower is a lot of fun too like the oh, setting yeah, is nice. um great you know as always great work we probably don't mention enough the the work of the background designers and people like that who work on these shows as well but uh yeah just an awesome uh awesome uh big 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 knockdown drag out superhero fight and uh, as you mentioned, we get uh, we get uh, we get our dessert is uh, some body horror with uh, with Lex <laughs> and Brainiac. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty strong ending to the episode as well from a visual standpoint. Agreed. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music, and uh, it's our dynamic music partners back at it again. Right? Uh, we That's have, right. We have uh, some some interesting use of uh, of music. It's a lot of a lot of filler and, and background uh synthesizer mixes but there were uh, at least one to two moments that uh really stood out for me i think uh i'll i'll leave the one that is likely the top of your list to you and uh i'll mention the surrender scene uh of the justice league to the army i'm thinking maybe it's just a riff on colonel sanders i don't know it's a guy with a white beard <laughs> maybe he's a colonel in the army it's colonel sanders he doesn't have the full glasses and like bolo tie but i'm just gonna dub him colonel sanders until secret friends of the show prove otherwise uh so when <laughs> when they're surrendering to the uh u.s military uh, there is a, of course you have to, it's the U S military. You got to p- play some patriotic snare drum in the background of a marching beat that's occurring uh, is uh, as our, our the javelin lands and the, the people escape. And we get this bit of dialogue where they're going to handcuff Superman uh, for no reason at all. And, and uh, the, <laughs> the soldier gets shamed by Colonel Sanders there telling him <laughs> don't do that. Uh, it's not necessary, but uh, we got that. I thought that scene was punctuated well because it is sort of a somber note in which this the Justice Leaguers are uh, surrendering. However, it, it sort of uh, crescendos to a bit more heroic 
albeit off key a little bit at the end because it is sad, but it is a, it is showing that the justice leaguers in the end truly are heroes and the way that he, the, their heroism is reflected can be in various different ways of their actions. So it could have been, they could have come down and try and save the day and look like the heroes, but uh, they knew that that wasn't the, the most important way to appear in those moments. So what was the most thing to do, but to humble themselves and surrender uh, in the moment to really drive home the fact that they're not, they're, they're willing to cooperate and do everything they can to show that they're not involved uh, with this, uh, this attack on earth. So uh, I really liked that. I thought that it kind of added to that sequence pretty well. Uh, the fight scene also has a just kind of generic background fight music, creating tension all the way up to the point where Galatea looks like she's about to get the victory. But then of course, Supergirl gets the upper hand punctuated by the, the electrocution and, uh, and uh, a crescendo of music there. But uh, to me, I thought that the, the standout Liam has to be, uh, in our final scene, there's a it's a pretty great moment of music. Yeah, we do in fact get uh, get the uh, auspicious return of the original uh, Lolita Ritmanis uh, penned Justice League theme. Uh, as the uh, as we are, is revealed that the original seven are standing together, ready to uh, help Amanda Waller arrest Lex. It's a great uh, a great callback there, and uh, the way it transitions into the the horror movie like shrill strings once Lex's body starts exploding is also very, very well done and, and very neat as well. So yeah, the, the transitional music, I feel like, yes, you've got your, your big action music. You've got some, you got your guitars, you've got some, some heavier drums. Uh, also, I, but I think the, the standouts are definitely that Justice League theme. And then the moment where, uh, where Kara hits Galatea with, with, the uh with the wire and then plugs her in so to speak <laughs> and it's just just this big shrill crescendo of music also with like what sounds like a stock library scream i feel like i've heard that in other shows and stuff before not a wilhelm um, scream but uh, like yes. it yes um uh, and uh it's 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 used well well though for this this moment of just abject you know again as violent as you can get it on a on a kids tv show and uh and i thought the music played into that moment really well as well and and uh and even kind of plays into the again the joke we keep talking about but the 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 music comes back up when the lights turn on and then immediately goes <laughs> when, the, when the lights turn back out it was it was very funny as well so as uh as usual our dynamic music partners are uh Playing their part and, and adding to some of these uh, these emotional beats, whether they be silly little comedic moments like that, or the uh, the more serious and heroic moments. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I think based on that Justice League theme moment alone, I thought that that punctuated so well. I was so happy the reveal that they're all the original seven are all there, and then that theme comes roaring in. Um, really, really loved that. Uh, I ended up giving music a really strong eight out of ten, just based on that. The fight scene. Then the the couple crescendos, uh, as well as that little horror horror bit at the end, is that we get the reveal of this terrifying transformation of Lex into Brainy Lex. <laughs> Brainy Lex, yeah, I uh, also gave it an eight out of ten as well. All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the day, which is going to be voice acting. And of course, uh, while we have many, many, many Justice Leaguers on screen, uh, a lot of them, thankfully, for better or worse, 
don't talk. So we don't have a ton of voices to cover today. And we, of course, as is the case with a lot of these episodes, we have guys pulling and girls, guys and girls pulling double, Mm -hmm. triple, quadruple duty uh, with both credited and uncredited performances. Uh, Let's run down our entire voice cast and talk about the best of the best with our voice acting today. That's right. So uh, just very briefly, we have uh, we have Robert Foxworth as uh, Emil Hamilton's evil twin brother. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's fine. He, he's fine. I don't I don't care for him for his performance, but that's not his fault. That's just his voice. <laughs> yep. And I don't care for it, but that's all right. But thankfully, we have basically nothing uh, else but home runs in this cast. And Lime is gone, as we mentioned at the that's top. That's right. He, and he only has like two lines in the episode. Never to return again. That's right. But we do have playing the, uh, as always, playing multiple voices, but playing uh, briefly at the end, Brainiac, as well as the the prison warden, is, of course, the great Corey Burton. I actually feel like it's been a little while since we've said his name. So. Absolutely. Uh, fun to have him back in a brief role there. Of course, paired alongside the uh, the ending scene of, with uh, Clancy Brown's Lex Luthor and, of course, CCH Pounder as Amanda Waller. They, we get to see a little bit more of them playing off of each other, which is a which is a lot of fun. And uh, you know, you get this feeling that Lex is becoming a bit more unhinged than maybe we've ever seen him before. Even before we know, there's an evil Kryptonian robot in his gut. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he's he's very good in that scene. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll save. I, I think there's one person we need to save for last year. But uh, and then as much as you mentioned, Cal, we have. Several of our original uh, founding members of the Justice League. We have Carl Lumbly as the Martian Manhunter. We have Bat- we have Kevin Conroy as Batman. We have George Newbern as Superman. We have Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, uh, who also plays the reporter, I believe, on the uh, on the news report. Uh, we have Michael Rosenbaum as the Flash and Phil Lamar playing three characters. He's got Stripe uh, just briefly. And then he has uh, Green Lantern. But really, I think his best work in this episode is as as Steel. He kind of gives himself this kind of raspy, kind of soft-spoken voice. It doesn't really match what Michael Dorn was doing for Steel in the original animated series. But I, I do like his take on Steel. And as a as a very, you know, a big point of difference uh, as, a, as, a, as opposed to his... Uh, to his John Stewart voice. Yeah. Big shock that, you know, Phil Lamar can do multiple voices, but uh, yeah. Considering they, they don't just ask him to say, uh, you know, an exposition line or something like he's actually got like some big emotional beats to deliver when he, you know, when he's kind of giving care of the pep talk there, uh, him as, as steel was kind of a, an unexpected uh, highlight of this episode. I thought. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you completely. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a, I feel like that there was a, um, a a track on the DVDs uh, for maybe this episode or one of the others where they talked about Phil Lamar doing the steel voice. And he said that he couldn't really do anything much different, but it was like his Morgan Freeman impersonation or something like yes. that. I yes. feel it like might, that... it might be on the return. Cause I think steel's in that one as well. Okay. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but uh, yeah. So in either that one or on, or on that Cadmus featurette. Yes. I definitely do remember them saying that, uh, that Phil Lamar was, was kind of basing this on Morgan Freeman, which I, I don't know that Mr. Lamar would win any Morgan Freeman impersonation. <laughs> based on if that is in in fact maybe it was just loosely based on morgan freeman however um yeah it it is i mean his acting is incredible his that pep talk that he has to give supergirl to really drive home the fact that she needs to she needs to look to them see them as 
you know, why, why the original seven are the original seven that this act of theirs being selfless and surrendering is an exhibition of why they are heroes and why their heroism goes beyond just saving the day from, you know, or doing the cleanup on earth, why that sacrifice and that humility and all of that also plays into the fact of them setting the example for everybody else on the team. Um, It's great. I, I really honestly wish they had brought back Mr. Dorn. It's not, not a knock on, on Mr. Lamar, obviously mm-hmm. we're huge fans, longtime listeners know how much we love and respect Mr. Lamar's performances, but it's very hard to separate the Phil Lamar voice from Green Lantern. Who's also yeah. in this episode. So it's a little bit distracting. I will say that Mr. Lamar did an incredible job The you know, the, what they asked of him was uh, you know, a lot and he, he did exactly what was asked of him and probably more. So it's not, it's not a knock on the performance. It's just, as we've talked about before, when you have voice actors who you're used to being in one singular role, your brain sometimes doesn't connect or isn't able to completely connect the dots to say, okay, this is this character uh, and not the other character, or this isn't, this is the same voice actor doing this, but it's a completely different character. It's just somewhat distracting in that way. So I wish they had cast, if they weren't able to bring back Mr. Dorn, they had cast anybody else to just kind of give that. But at the same time, maybe because of the posterity, having him in the return as steel, and then obviously knowing that this particular scene is heart to heart between the two of them required some some good acting chops they didn't just want to give it to anybody and bring anybody in to do it so they relied on somebody they knew would be willing to or willing and able to to kind of fill those shoes so um yeah it is a it is a good performance from mr lamar i just wish that it was anybody else because it's it's the same guy that does the voice of the green lantern so you know that's (laughs) that's it's just a brain disconnect in that way in my in my head at least absolutely i think i think that's fair he does have like I said, despite his his versatility as a performer, you can still absolutely tell that this is Phil Lamar the whole time. So yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong. I think it's uh yeah, I think that's uh that's a fair point. It's just a personal taste. I like yeah, said, exactly. Nope. It's it's again, it's not a knock on the actual. It's not a knock on the performance. It's just it's the brain connecting to like this is a completely different character when Green Lantern is in the very next scene, and it's it's also <laughs> the same voice. Yes, absolutely, and and as mentioned, Mike, Michael Dorn, the original voice actor for Steel in the in this universe, has a very distinct voice. Like mm-hmm. he, so, it, yeah, and, and and again, it's fine that that Mr. Lamar didn't try to replicate. Very, very different. I remember even as a kid thinking about that, about how how different it would sound sometimes when uh, you know when you when you didn't have that original voice actor back to. Uh, to voice the character when they popped back up, but uh, we will move on from there to uh, I think our our main event playing playing two roles in this episode uh, is of course the great Nicole Tom as uh, as both Supergirl and Galatea and man she's great in this episode she's great in the in the quieter moments like we just said when she's you know she's not sure of herself she she's frustrated she's angry. She's upset and, you know, she doesn't want to believe, like we said, we don't, she doesn't want to believe that anyone believes that the Justice League is guilty. She, she still has a little bit of that naivete about her. 
and uh and but and when we get to it that anger kind of gives way into that anxiety that anxiousness that she's feeling and and when she kind of opens herself up to steal a little bit um and, and explains how concerned she is for for superman and everything it's 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 really great and then her as the just the trash talking uh galatea who just has this very strange like it's very clear she has a chip on her shoulder and it's very clear uh, as 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 supergirl then goes on to exploit in the episode that she's she's uh she's compensating for something right whatever yeah. whatever she's doing uh is uh is is all tied back to the fact that she's sort of jealous of of the life that she knows Kara she has all of Kara's memories she knows the life she's lived you know the love that she feels for whether it's Superman or the Kents or or who or what have you that she's never had we see her kind of try to force that connection with Hamilton right uh, in the episode and then and so when it's kind of thrown back in her face uh near the end of the episode by Supergirl it's this moment where she just really begins to come unglued and you know she kind of has this very smug superior superiority about her that just completely goes away when 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 supergirl starts picking at her for being you know for not being a real girl so to speak for being <laughs> you know, pinocchio realizing they're a puppet like it's right. it's uh it's like this moment she just completely loses it and it's it's really really well done and the fact that it's one actor doing both of these parts mm-hmm. and, and they're talking to each other for most of the you know the big dramatic moments of this episode just a phenomenal job by uh, by Miss Tom this week. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, longtime listeners will know that's one of the things that I I look look to and I'm just blown away by over and over again. You know, whether it's you know when Kevin Conroy has to play off of himself in his Silicon Soul, or you know uh, Tim Daly playing off of himself in the the Bizarro episodes, or whatever. You know, whenever you get the same person playing either the same exact character or a variation of that character. And they're forced to interact with each other for the majority or the big portions of the scenes of the episode, boy, like what a Herculean task to, to take, take on. And uh, as you mentioned, like there is this, this moment where Supergirl goes from this, uh, this, kind of this place of it's not inferiority but like she's not she's not as confident galatea is Mm -hmm. clearly the confident one in the battle feeling like she's going to take over things and if you go back to fearful symmetry that was the entire makeup of that thing galatea is this pompous arrogant uh sure of herself person that's going to destroy supergirl she's better than supergirl um you know in every single way and then we get this switch here, as you mentioned, where Supergirl turns the tables and taunts her and reveals, actually, you got, you got daddy issues, like quite literally, (laughs) like he flips the script there and it causes this unsettled nature to come out of Galatea, which then also causes you have, you kind of have this, this flip in the way that they're talking. So now Supergirl's the confident one and she's the one that's talking down to Galatea and Galatea is starting to lose it a little bit. So she's becoming unhinged and you have to kind of do that. So 
Uh, it's no surprise that as according to the DCAU wiki, which I assume was probably on uh, one of the company bonus tracks for the DVDs, uh, Bruce Tim talks about this being uh, Nicole Tom's performance as being one of the best in the history of the DCAU. So high praise as the as the uh, as the Nick Cage meme goes for uh, for Nicole Tom there from one of the the Godfathers of the DCAU to. And we know about all of the performances over all of these different shows and how many incredible ones there were. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it lives up to that based on based on just the the depth and then that sort of role reversal while also maintaining uh, the differentiation between the characters. It's it's incredibly difficult. Um, we always shout out Andrea Romano for her voice direction and, and, mm-hmm. and casting in, in these areas, because that's, that's the person who's directing and suggesting maybe how these performances should go. So that's a, a quarter of the battle maybe, but you know, the lion's share of, of trying to figure that out and interpretate, uh, interpret that in a, in a really beautiful artistic way falls on the shoulders of the, of the voice actor or actress. And in this case, Miss Tom, I thought did just a wonderful job, really, really impressed by it. Um, and, and felt like that, uh, that, that really ended up carrying the load for the episode and really is the standout because we, as you mentioned, we have a large sequences where there isn't a whole lot of dialogue happening, a lot of fists flying, a lot of Im- interesting images. You get, you get the question beating people in the face with bedpans, uh, <laughs> Captain Adam returning, but you don't, you don't have a lot of co- talking going on there. So, uh, this is where that that as well as her her interaction with Mr. Lamar's steel um, and and her interaction with uh, with, you know, with George Newburn's Superman in that little mm-hmm. brief conversation where she's coming to the realization of, you know, doesn't believe they have to should have to surrender, but uh, is being looked to as the de facto leader while the, the other leaguers are gone is is really important. So, yeah, incredible job by Miss Tom. Uh, you know, and, and ultimately why I ended up giving voice acting a really, really strong nine out of 10. Awesome. Yeah. I actually uh, went a little bit higher. I went the full 10 out of 10. For my voice acting score. Um, just really based off of like everybody's good. I, I, I think, but Miss um, Tom as, as both Galatea and Supergirl in this episode is just, just so phenomenal. And uh, to me, this is like, this is an episode that for me would be, it would be good regardless. It would, you know, it maybe sit at a seven or eight regardless, but that, uh, that individual performance or that dual performance from that individual uh, bumps it up a couple points all on her own. So yeah, just a, just a great job by Miss Tom this week. And as you mentioned, you know, George Newbern, a Superman certainly still has his role to play. And as do, uh, of course, the great Clancy Brown, CCH Pounder and, uh, and the rest of our cast here. So just a, just a really strong job by everybody involved absolutely um yeah that we didn't really go into it because the hot because of the highlight but i love anytime clancy brown and and uh, kevin conroy get to interact is great mm-hmm. cch pounder and, and kevin conroy interacting it was also always really really great um so you, you don't get a lot of batman in this episode but as you mentioned from the the moment that he's shown on screen to the time that, you know, to that <laughs> final scene, uh, every line really, really has a strong impact. And of course, you know, we'll sing the praises of Kevin Conroy each and every day. So uh, really, Absolutely. really fun, fun week this week for our voice cast and, and reflected in our scores. All right, Liam, let's uh, begin to wrap things up here and get our total scores here, uh, totaling everything up 
uh, I end up with a 32 out of 40. What about you? And I believe that was just a couple points higher than you, or one point higher in a couple of categories, I should say. And that puts me at a 34 out of 40. Um, so another high mark for our for our Cadmus uh, for our Cadmus storyline. Um, yeah, as we uh, as we don't really even need to talk about rewatchability for obvious reasons. It's it's the uh, the second uh, the second piece of cheese in the middle of this uh, this Cadmus sandwich. These last four episodes, you have to watch it. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a great as again as a trade off of last week being so dialogue heavy. This one as we've said, is very action-heavy, but it's still a lot of fun, and it still uh, maximizes its minutes, and then it just has the most wild uh, twist in, in probably in DCAU history uh, with, the, uh, with the ending there. So, uh, yeah, big, uh, big two thumbs up easily for, uh, for rewatchability. Yeah, uh, no argument here. The whole arc deserves a rewatch over and over again. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to be able to remove this one and kind of understand what happens in and around it, especially if you end last week and then you start next week episode and have a, a giant uh, hybrid possessed <laughs> brainy or uh, brainiac possessing Lex Luthor's body. So, That's yeah. right. Oh, and uh, speaking of brainiac, I forgot to slot this in probably in plot. Uh, the name of the episode being panic in the sky is in itself a uh, a brainiac reference as there's a, a famous superman story from i believe it's the end of the 80s called uh, panic in the sky that featured brainiac pretty prominently um it's actually i think dc had a did a did a new collection of it a few years ago so it's probably out there if you wanted to uh, to read it perhaps on the wonderful dc universe app if you're <laughs> in the united states but uh, but yeah, it's a, there's a fun little extra hint for uh, longtime uh, comic fans and and uh, and nerds like us as well. In addition to the uh, the obvious meaning of that uh, that title. There you go. Thanks for that tidbit. Love that. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, uh, we would love your support for this podcast if you enjoyed it. And there's a couple of different ways for you to do that. The first is to subscribe to us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. A five-star review is always appreciated. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and uh, it lets you leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast, do so. Send it our way. And uh, we'd love to read it on the air and uh, maybe send you a little thank you gift uh, for taking the time to do so. Uh, We are all on all of the normal, regular podcast apps. You're probably listening to us on one right now. Uh, As we mentioned at the top, also, you can subscribe to the Pod Tower YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe to that. That helps us out. The more subscribers there. Uh, the more exposure the podcast gets. And uh, it's not just us. You're helping. You're helping out some other great folks as well that do do and did great podcasts involving the DCAU. So you might find some content there that you like on top of it. In addition to that, you can also check out the show notes. There's two specific ways to help us there. You can do a monthly subscription to the podcast, which gets Liam and I maybe a cup of coffee. We have some people 
monthly that do that. We appreciate our supporters. And just as a side note, uh, we do typically run ads for our podcast. We recently got a uh, notification from Spotify that they are changing the way that they do their ads. So uh, those subscriptions are really going to help us if you prefer. <laughs> uh, but if not listening to the podcast, the ads do help. So we thank you for listening to our podcast. That's a good way, free way to support us. But the show notes, there's a subscription option there. Support us with a monthly donation. Or you can head over to our shop and buy yourself a piece of merchandise, a shirt or a hat, mug or a sticker. That also helps us out. And of course, you can follow us on social media at DCAU Review, both on the site formerly known as Twitter, now known as X that uh, we're at DCAU Review there. And we are also at DCAU Review on Instagram. Some good stuff, as we mentioned at the top, when celebrating Batman the Animated Series' 31-year anniversary, Superman the Animated Series' 26-year anniversary. Uh, lots, of, lots of good stuff here. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks here, we'll be celebrating Justice League's anniversaries. All those September launch dates really uh, happen at the same time. So we've got a lot of anniversaries happening back to back to back, but it's all for a good cause and reason to celebrate. So uh, follow us on those social medias. Liam, speaking of social media, that's usually the first place where you learn uh, about what we'll be covering next week. Two and two together can probably guess we uh if we wrapped up this week's episode where we'll be headed there but uh let's just for posterity's sake just let the good folks know what episode we'll be covering on next week's all new dcau review that's right so it will be the very next episode of the series the bombastic finale of this uh this main four-part uh cadmus cadmus justice league finale here again not not counting epilogue it's literally called an epilogue for a reason it's separate (laughs) Uh, it's connected but it's not it's not an immediate follow-up so uh this is this kind of the big bombastic finale of this main cadmus arc and it is of course the episode divided we fall a uh an all-timer of an episode i think for for dcau fans everywhere so excited to uh to sink my teeth this is the one you know like we get into a rhythm with this show you watch the show you talk about it it's just out of your mind. You don't think about it because just that's how it goes when you do a show like this, I feel mm-hmm. um, to an extent other than, you know, talking about it with, with fans. That's one of the, one of the reasons we love interacting with folks on our socials is it helps bring up points that maybe we didn't think about and also remind us of things we said that we've forgotten that we said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when this, when this one was over and I was staring at uh, Lex, Lex Brainiac and uh and that to be continued uh, popped up. I was like, I just had this feeling that I haven't had for a long time where I was like, oh man, I can't wait for next week. Yeah. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait to watch that episode. Like, oh, it's going to be so good. Like, I just had that feeling that I haven't had that in, uh, you know, as much as I love doing our show, I'm, I, I feel like I'm good at like compartmentalizing that. And, uh-huh. uh, and this one, I was like, man, this really made me feel like uh, like I was 12 years old watching this uh, <laughs> watching this episode again. Like this was uh, this was just some really, really good stuff. It really got me jazzed up knowing uh, knowing what's coming next. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a little bit bittersweet as we bid adieu to this second season of, uh, of Justice League Unlimited. I, I guess we've covered all the episodes, right? Do we have any single single? Uh, there's a few. One one of which will be. Uh, uh, parsed out for a future wonder woman month uh-huh. and uh and one that will as mentioned be the very last episode we ever do <laughs> so for this for for all intents and purposes we we will say that 
uh, this will we'll be bidding adieu for at least for the time being to season two. So it will be bittersweet in that way. Also wrapping up, as we mentioned, arguably the best storyline in the history of the DCAU. So lots to be happy, excited, and sad about. It's a great day for being sad. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> but until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.